0: Episode 24, God's Sovereignty in Human History.
1: Welcome to the Principles and Practice Podcast. This is where we discuss biblical principles for life and learning. I'm your host, Heather Hall, and this is my co-host, Brian Hall.
0: Welcome back, everybody. I hope you guys enjoyed the uh, previous podcast interviews that we had. Uh, We had Ben Gilmore, the last three, and then we had, who else?
1: Uh, Dr. Brenda McManaman with Teaching His Story in Episode 20.
0: Yeah, it's always great to hear from people that have been in the homeschool movement for years and their um, insights.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm always greatly encouraged. I like to go back and listen to them when I need a little bit of cheerleading to keep pressing on with the mission of restoring America and teaching.
0: Yeah, it's very important for them to record what they've done over the years so that we have access to it now and into the future.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, and so today we are talking about God's sovereignty in human history on the providential chain of Christianity. And this really is the context of life and learning. That's why it's so important to teach along the chain of Christianity.
0: Yeah, so we have a providential history, and our Bible principle for this is Proverbs eight fifteen and 16. It's, uh, By me kings reign, and rulers decreed justice. So I have a quote here from, um, I'm going to try this name. It's, I'm sure I'm going to get corrected, but it's Reverend S.J. Fuljamb.
1: I think you did that correctly.
0: Really? Oh. Fuljamb, yeah. Well, well, you said it differently, so not, <laughs> but. So So uh, So this is uh, the quote. History is not a string of striking episodes with no further connection but that of time. It is rather the working out of a mighty system by means of regularly uh, defined principles as old as creation and as infallible as divine wisdom.
1: Right. And the 1876 view of history was that it was providential. God is sovereign. He orchestrates history for his purposes. Whereas there's a contrast and an assumption that is secular today where individuals who hold to that assumption believe that man is sovereign that he creates his own destiny randomly
0: which leads us a providence which um unlocks history as his story god's perspective giving meaning to the past wisdom to the present and clarity to the future and
1: then focusing on the third definition of providence from webster's 1828 dictionary we learn In theology, the care and superintendence, which God exercises over his creatures, he that acknowledges a creation and denies a providence involves himself in a palpable contradiction. For the same power which caused a thing to exist is necessary to continue its existence.
0: So then we have a quote from Thomas Jefferson. This is from his Notes on the State of Virginia in 1781. And he says, History, by apprising them of the past, will enable them to judge of the future. It will avail them of the experience of other times and other nations. It will qualify them as judges of the actions and designs of men. It will enable them to know ambition under every disguise it may assume, and knowing it to defeat its views.
1: Here's a good word study. There's a good word avail that was used in the quote by Thomas Jefferson. And avail means profit, advantage towards success, benefit. So basically, um, he's saying that history, by pricing them of the past, will enable them to judge of the future. It will profit them. It will give them an advantage towards success. It will benefit them of the experience of other times and other nations.
0: Right. So you see that today where you'll hear about them trying to You know, change certain parts of history or pretend it didn't exist or just um, rewrite history per se.
1: Yeah, or they'll want to focus solely on the negative aspects of history and completely ignore anything that was being done as far as steps being taken in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, and I had read not too long ago, I want to say it was in the past year or two, that from a homeschool blogger. And it escapes me who this was that wrote it. But just saying, don't worry about teaching history. History is not really important. Just focus on all the fun things. And I just cannot even believe that anyone would, would think that history is not important to teach. Mm-hmm. So when teaching prov- providential history and its principles of restoration, it gives Christian parents... And educators, the pattern of restoring American character and culture through an educational philosophy that once again places God's word at the heart of all learning. Mm-hmm. Because then you're learning that, and you're having that perspective that history is not about autonomous man, it's about sinful man's response to holy God. There's always, God is always one God working, He's always overseeing, always superintending, always governing, and taking care of His creation. Mm
0: hmm. We're looking at God's perspective on everything, Mm -hmm. not man's.
1: Right, and then we also are looking at how Christ is the focal point of history. So God is always involved in the lives of individuals and of nations. And we're looking at how is it the key individuals or key institutions have been used throughout history to forward the gospel. All right, so Verna Hall from teaching and learning America's Christian history had said forgetting or forsaking the hand of God in history forgetting or forsaking the Word of God as our American political textbook our economic textbook our social cultural educational textbook this alone has produced the results we have in our nation today and then Rosalie Slater reminds us out of one of the Foundation for American Christian education journals This is from volume one on page 22. The failure to recognize the importance of the providential approach has resulted in educating Christians to live in two worlds, a spiritual world and a secular world. This was not the way of the pilgrim who lived in one world, the world created by God, ruled and directed by God for God's purpose and glory. That's something that I've really enjoyed learning more about since our experience at the foundation the past summer is uh, theology understanding the theology that the pilgrims held to and what it was that propelled them to not shrink back and think oh no this is the end considering the times that they were facing but that they just moved forward with sharing the gospel with other people and then looking for um helping their individual man fellow man to have the internal change that comes from christ only and that it was eventually expressed outwardly in their civil sphere
0: Mm -hmm. right they when troubles came they didn't say oh it's the end we're done Mm -hmm. they moved forward because we're to occupy until he comes
1: Right. So if any of our listeners are looking for a really good book to read to learn more about the theology that the pilgrims held to, um, it's The Marrow of Theology by William Ames. In summary, Divine Providence is the overruling hand of God in history, His story, that directs individuals, nations, and nature for His good pleasure and gospel purposes. It presents the whole view of history from eternity's perspective and gives wisdom for life now and in the future.
0: So here's another quote from Reverend A.J. Foljam in 1876. The more thoroughly a nation deals with its history, the more decidedly will it recognize and own overruling providence therein, and the more religious a nation will become. While the more superficially it deals with its history, seeing only secondary causes and human agencies, the more irreligious will it be.
1: So we need to bear in mind... This question, what is God's reason for remembering and telling his story? Well, Acts 17:27 gives us an answer, and that answer is that they should see the Lord that we might know him. Now, Ben Gilmore's book based on his course, The Principles of an American Government, has a fantastic chart in it that helps you understand God's hand in human history. It's on page 14 of his book. And again, I urge you guys to get a copy of that and study from it and then teach it to other people. We do sell it in our store at principledacademy.com, and we'd appreciate you purchasing it through us if you do. But um, he talks about, in this chart, the different forms of nation-making and how there was this turning point in history when history started to change, and we started to see more civil liberty because of Christ. And in the course that we attended last year, our daughter and I attended last year, we were able to read an excerpt from Ben Gilmore's book. So here's a little taste of what he has to say about God's hand in human history. In civilizations, the dominant concept of the vertical relationship with God, or God, that's lowercase, and in quotes, will always determine the horizontal quality of state. Note, throughout history, it is never the other way around. The state never successfully establishes the vertical relationship. It is a law of nature. The creator God of the Bible wants to teach mankind to love him. That's our vertical relationship with him. Then to love one another. That's the horizontal relationship. Man is a slow learner. It took Christ 1,620 years to make a pilgrim. It has taken humans centuries of trial and error to grow from age to age. Fisk, as in John Fisk, describes the earliest growth from savage culture to oriental conquest. Oriental conquest is defined as having no incorporation and no representation. I describe it as rape and ravage Think of Genghis Khan, a tribal leader with the biggest club. One day he is looking across the river at a neighbor's territory. He gets his guys together and builds a raft. They cross the river and plunder what they want, clubbing anyone who objects. Halfway home, he turns and shouts, We'll be back in six months. Have another stack of plunder ready for us. He continues further down to say, Along came the Romans. They said, Yes! you can sustain an umbrella government. When a Roman staff is planted in your city square, you just moved within Roman or Rome city limits. Roman law, Roman culture, Roman roads, Roman language, everything became Roman. Fisk calls it Roman conquest, incorporation without representation. This was a giant step above Oriental conquest at the beginning. Roman government functioned well until internal corruption and lack of allegiance among the conquered nations caused degradation. This is illustrated in the Jewish relations with Rome in the New Testament. So he continues to explain more and very eloquently about nation making to help us see the difference that the gospel made when it came to furthering you know both the gospel internally in individuals and then externally in civics. So anyway, I just think it's a really a superb book to have and to learn from and I think that it undergirds the constitution because the constitution is founded upon the basic principles of our government, our form of government. So it's pretty exciting because there are a lot of Americans that are getting involved in learning about our Constitution and understanding it correctly and historically. And this would just be a very complimentary study to go along with that. All right, well, thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to talking with you again in our next podcast. You guys take care.
0: As always, if you're looking for additional resources or support, you can visit our website at principalacademy.com, check out our shop and our blog, and you can also find us on Facebook at Christian Homeschooling with Bible Principles, also on Instagram under Principal Academy. Thanks so much for joining us.
1: All right, well, this is Heather Hall.
0: And this is Brian Hall.
1: For Christ and His glory.